I'm Emmy. And I'm Jordan. And this is Death in the Northwest, a podcast where two elementary school teachers talk about scary things and bad stuff that's happened in uh, the Pacific Northwest and mm. a little bit of Canada, maybe Idaho Other places. Someday. Northern uh, California today. Mm-hmm. I'm t- mine's in Oregon today. We're branching out, Emmy. We're branching. We realize that we've been really focusing on Washington because we're both from, from Washington. Washington, but we are branching out. Yes. Um, I think that you need to do one of your intro songs because I've had a f- several people request intro songs, even though we this. have our own. Yes. Okay. So I figure I think that we should do like you. You get to do one once once a month. Okay, I'm down for that. So because people like. Are you like have to give me it. a theme. Okay. I'm thinking like metal. <laughs> oh God, I just want, okay, I'm going to start just doing like songs that I listened to when I was 12 years old. Like, all right. Like, um, but Carl's looking at me so, <laughs> so scared, bro. Well, there's no words. You got to do that again. I said death. <laughs> I said death really loudly twice. In the Northwest. <laughs> Wake up. <laughs> Wake up. Watch your little makeup. <laughs> what is that? No, it's nothing. It's, it's nothing. Some but, people who are, who are in middle school in the early 2000s will understand. That was excellent. I am not a fan of metal. Me neither. So, I used when I that was, was the best metal song I've ever heard. Thank you. I went through a phase, but it wasn't because I actually liked metal. It was because I was trying to be um, hip, hip and alternative, and yeah. nobody understands me. <laughs> it's not a phase, mom. It's not a phase, mom. I'm <laughs> I'm super hardcore. We just watched the movie The Chicago Seven. No, I haven't. I know the story. I haven't watched. The oh, movie. go watch the movie. It's I will. so Is good. It on Netflix. Not on, on Netflix with that really hot um, Eddie Remain. Eddie Re- Eddie Remain. Eddie Redmayne. Eddie. Oh, him. fucking yeah. I he's love on, me. He's, I love me on a my slim little ginger snap. But I got he's snap on my. Um, he's on your sex list. Celebrity sex list. Alex is. Wait, has pause. Margot Robbie. Pause. Who's who's on your celebrity sex list? Give me the top five. Okay, top five. Eddie Remain. Okay. Harry Styles, mm-hmm. Zac Efron, okay, Chris Pratt, yep, oh, like George Clooney maybe, like right. I kind of like the daddy, the daddy vibe, the daddy vibe, yeah, okay, all right, okay, who's on yours? Um, mine I feel like are a little unconventional, but Shia LaBeouf is my number yes, one. I would also okay, add him cool. too. Like, okay, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, like, I feel God. like maybe him over George Clooney, but I also love George Clooney because it's George fair. Clooney. But every movie where Shia LaBeouf just plays like a mentally unwell, I'm like, boy, come here, I'll take care of you. You like um, I'll make Peanut Butter Falcon? You. Oh God, he's such a bad boy. Yeah. No, okay, uh, it would be um, Shia LaBeouf. Do you know who Ben Schwartz is? He plays John Ralphio in Parks. <laughs> <laughs> 
That I is my least favorite character I, in Parks and Recreation. Well, he, you should go see his actual other work. I want to marry him and have kids with him and go to fun vacations where we go to shows together. Oh, I hate his character so much. But go watch some of his other stuff. Okay. Anyway, for me, it's um, I just like boys who look really Jewish, I think. I like Shia LaBeouf. I like Ben Schwartz. Oh, is Shia LaBeouf Jewish? No, but he's just got that swarthy Jewish look that I love. Oh, it, can we preface this as you are oh, Jewish? Oh, I am Jewish. I should preface this. It's not that I'm just fetishizing. I just feel like I've been raised to um, to, to marry out. a Jewish man. <laughs> so so I feel any, like... I'm any Jewish men out there looking Jewish for boys. a... Or looking for a lovely lady. Do you lady? have dark curly hair and a I just weird watched, sense of humor? I just watched... Jewish mom, um, Jewish moms judge each other's um, kids. No, not kids. Oh. Brisket. <laughs> <laughs> and it was so funny. I'm thinking, and I was thinking, I wonder if Emmy's going to be like any of these women sometimes. I'm not that very good at cooking, so probably not. But, um, Anyways, but I, I am judgmental. And anyway, you um, are judgmental. Um, Carl's looking so cute right now in his Just little pile of don't trash. Don't even talk about him. He's <laughs> don't observe him. I know. Um, He's tuckered out from being a dill hole all day. Yeah, he is. Okay, well, let me go through this again. So it would be Shia LaBeouf, Ben Schwartz, Tom Hardy, young Jack Black, young um, Jeff Goldblum. Those are my top five. All right. Well, let's get into let's it. Let's get into it. Yeah. Okay, so our story starts out with two women named Jennifer and Sarah Hart. Now, these two women, they met at Northern State University in South Dakota. And both of the women ma- majored in elementary education. <gasps> oh, no. Jordan, this is this is what would have happened if you and I had been lesbian lovers. I, dear <laughs> God, I hope not. I like, kidding. I have really hope. Not Only that. Only in the sense that it's two women who have elementary education degrees. <laughs> yes. I Yes. That, only in that <laughs> sense. But I also thought. No, I, I don't think don't you and I would. The, we don't want okay, these ladies. I'm lives. jumping the gun. Never mind. You Continue. are jumping the gun. Okay. So Jennifer had a focus in special education. But Jennifer did not end up graduating, although Sarah did. Okay. The two women hid their relationship at first, but once they came out as a couple, they faced ostracism from their community. What year was this? So this is like 2005. Oh, which seems like late to be like, I mean, you know what? It happens. It, it, de- it definitely does happen all over today, the place. So. Yeah. So you're right. This prompted their move from South Dakota to Alexandria, Minnesota in 2004. Oh, well, they were in South Dakota. That yeah. makes sense. In 2005, Sarah Margaret Gengler petitioned to change her name to Sarah Margaret Hart, taking the surname of Jennifer Hart. Jennifer worked odd jobs until she became a stay-at-home mom in 2006. Sarah was a, de- was a manager at a department store called Herbergers in Minnesota, which is kind of like a Kohl's or like a Target. Or, yeah. You know? Because in September 2006, the couple adopted three siblings from Texas. Marcus, who was eight at the time, Hannah, who was four, and Abigail, who was three. But before adopting these three kiddos, Jennifer and Sarah Hart were foster parents to a 15-year-old girl. A week prior, when the other children were due to arrive, the Harts dropped off the 15-year-old girl to a therapist appointment, and the therapist informed her that the Harts would not be coming back together, saying the Harts were not a good fit. So they basically just abandoned. They abandoned her, knowing they were getting three new kids. Mm-hmm. Oof, duh. In June of 2008, Sarah and Jennifer adopted three more siblings. They adopted Sierra. Three on top of the three they already had? So they have six kids now? Yes, they're going to have six. <laughs> yeah. They adopted Sierra, Maya, who was three at the time, Jeremiah Hart, who was four at the time, and Devontae Jordan, who was six at the time. Is the last name Hart, did he take that afterwards? Or did some of them they, keep the name and some, some of them? Some of them decided to keep the name, some of them. Okay. 
Well, I guess no, I lied. So they they all took the name, but some of them had middle names that they went by first. Gotcha. Okay. Hart. Sure. So you may recognize Devante Hart as he came into the national spotlight when he was 12 years old. Devante was photographed crying as he was hugging a police officer in 2014 during a Black Lives Matter protest in Portland, Oregon, following a grand jury's decision not to indict the white officer who killed Michael Brown, an unarmed black man in Ferguson, Missouri. And this is the photo, Emmy. I'm sure you recognize this photo. Yep, I've seen it. Yep. So it's a sweet little boy who had a little fedora and leather jacket, um, and he was a black boy hugging a white police officer and he had tears streaming down his face and it was just a really touching moment and this photo actually became known as the hug that was felt around the world so jennifer took that photo and ran with it um to display an image of a loving and happy family on social media behind the scenes though they weren't a big happy family i would guess not if they abandoned their first daughter exactly in 2008 while they were living in minnesota hannah hart was six years old hannah went to school with bruises on her left arm and her teacher asked her about them. Hannah told her teacher that Jennifer hit her with a belt. Police and social services interviewed Jennifer and Sarah. And according to the police report, the woman said that Hannah had been having, air quotes, food issues where she would steal people's food at school or eat out of garbage cans off the floor. Okay. Yeah. In Not 2009. reason to hit a kid. Exactly. And, and that's going to be a big, it's going to be a big source of their. So can I ask, was this actually her issue or were they feeding her from trash cans and. They weren't feeding her. Oh my God. So of course she was stealing she was food. Starving. <gasps> yeah. And they withheld food from all, from the children all the time. So you'll, we'll get into that. Oh my God. Yep. So within six months of that event, all six children had been pulled out of the public school system for a year. In 2009, they traveled to Connecticut to be married because, as we know, same-sex marriage was not legal in every state. In November of 2010, Abigail, who was seven at the time, went to school and told her teacher that she had owies on the back of her st- and her stomach. And when she was looked at by the nurse, she had bruises all on her body, like all over. Oh, my God. Poor mm-hmm. baby. Abigail told her teacher that she had found a penny, but Sarah and Jennifer did not believe her. Jennifer held Abigail's head under cold water and hit her. Wait, because she found a penny. I'm so confused. Yeah, that was Abigail's story. About how she got bruises. The bruises? Yeah. Was, was looking for a penny? Was looking for She found a penny. Yeah, so I'm guessing that she had like found some maybe some change and she pocketed it and they beat her they for beat that. her for that and drowned her it sounds and like drowned tried to drown her yeah or, or water but you know. they wouldn't admit that they didn't admit to that that was just abigail's story so what sarah had told the police is that she had actually spanked abigail over the edge of the bathtub because of her behavior and i don't i don't buy that story no absolutely no. you don't get you don't get bruises all up and down your body from getting spanked no and and not, i think a lot of us were spanked as kids you know what i mean like i don't think that of our generation that's that crazy but that's not, that's clearly not what happened. No, not at all. So authorities got involved out of that report and all six children reported to the authorities that they had been spanked constantly and deprived of food. Oh no. So this is where it comes out. Mm-hmm. Sarah took all responsibility for the abuse and pled guilty to assault. She was charged with malicious punishment of a child and misdemeanor in domestic assault. Guess her punishment. 
Um, community service. Yeah, she was oh sentenced to community service for one year. Jesus and Christ. And one year of probation. Ugh. In 2011, Hannah went to school and she told a nurse that she'd not eaten all day. Sarah claimed that Hannah was, air quotes, playing the food card and told the nurse that she should just give Hannah water. Water. No snacks, no crackers, not, not even orange. Water. Red flag. First of For all, sure. if a kid is hungry, you should just, just feed them. Feed them. Yeah. If the school wants to offer her food, a cracker, like usually they would offer her a cracker oh gosh, or like yeah. a wheat Or they would go, point, like, yeah. I, don't, I know where I work, if, if a kid is, uh, I know that like if they go to the nurse hungry, there's there's always leftovers in like the cafeteria and yeah. stuff like that yeah. and they can get snacks. Exactly. In April of 2011, all six children were taken out of public schools from then on and were hum- homeschooled. Oh God, worst case scenario. In July of 2013, the couple moved to the West Coast and lived 18 minutes out of Portland in West Lynn, Oregon. When they moved to Oregon, authorities began investigating the Hart family after they were notified of allegations by the police in Minnesota. Okay. Yeah. In August, the family had just returned from the beloved festival in Portland. So I had to look this. I had no clue what this festival yeah, was. So I looked it up. And here's what the festival's pro- Facebook profile states. Beloved crafts. Crafts, ritual experiences which, with sacred art, music, and movement are containers to practice vulnerability, belonging, and liberation. So it's some woo-woo. It's a lot of woo-woo. And they well, were woo-woo. involved in some woo-woo. Yeah. You'd think, I, I think of woo-woo people as like kind Kind people. and not like and abusing like not children. Judgmental. That's so But you'll up. see they, they use this persona as a way to blockade all like what was going on. The reality of what's happening yeah. at home. Oh my God. Yeah. So after their return, investigators interviewed each of the siblings separately, though the moms were initially hesitant about this arrangement. Well, yeah, because they've been, they're be, like, you're about yeah. to get got, you bitches. Well, they don't get got ever. That's so fucking annoying. Yeah, clearly not if we're doing a family annihilator case. According to the CPS report, Devante volunteered to go first, and all of the kids' answers were nearly identical. None mentioned the past episodes of abuse, and Marcus said he was grateful for the mom for his mom's changing his life. One social worker noted that, with the exception of Devante, the kids appeared very reserved and showed little emotion or animation. So they have been trained Probed. as to what to yeah. say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whenever it's exactly the same, whenever the story is exactly like the same, very robotic. And with without yeah. with yeah robotic and without the like differences in personality. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can have the same story. And when it seems like it's curated. Then, oh man. That should be, have been a red, red flag. Yeah. The caseworkers noted that Jennifer was adamant that many of the family's issues stemmed from the others not understanding their alternative lifestyle. Jennifer said she only disciplined the kids by talking to them or making them meditate for five minutes. Okay. I mean clearly great not. It's, it is a great way for them to discipline but they clearly did not not if the kids that. have bruises all over yeah. their bodies yeah jesus jennifer also said that any family problems were the results of others not being tolerant to two lesbian mothers with six african-american children Ooh, just playing some playing throwing out the cards throwing out the cards investigators questioned the family and friends as well they reported that the kids were forced to raise their hands before they spoke they could not wish each other happy birthday. They could not laugh at the dinner table. Was there some religious thing going on or was this just? No. Oh, my God. Um, I would think that 
Although that they they both were raised raised Midwestern, so maybe some of those values, kind of how they were raised, were coming through, shining through in some yes. aspects. But there were other reports that the kids were not fed properly, and they were small for their ages. One family friend said that Jennifer had once ordered a pizza for the kids, but each kid was only allowed to have a single small sliver of the pizza. When Jennifer found the whole pizza devoured, she they were punished. By not feeding them breakfast, and the kids had to lie on their beds for five hours without getting up. Oh, my God. Uh, Many people reported the kids were terrified of Jennifer, and they acted like trained robots. So was Jennifer the particularly rough one? Okay. Mm -hmm. Although since the interviews of the kids revealed no new incidents of abuse, nor did the kids talk about anything that happened in Minnesota, the investigators let it go. Jesus fucking Christ. So earlier I mentioned that in November 2014, the photograph of Devontae Hart, who was 12 at the time, and he hugged that police officer. Um, that photo went viral. Yeah. So Jennifer loved to post on Facebook, and she used any moment to curate this perfect family and, you know, the image. Ide- idealistic image of these this whole family. And so they were seen at beloved festival they were seen at the protest um they also were seen at the um, bernie sanders sanders rally in vancouver washington 2016 and Mm -hmm. she posted you know the whole pictures of the family you know like look how look how loving and minded we are are. yeah oh god so and i think in this story the idea that you don't truly truly know anyone especially rings true and you don't know what's going on behind closed doors exactly yeah um, so Jennifer made sure that their presence on social media and for the most part to other people portrayed a sweet, happy family that was outdoorsy. They went on. They seemed to go on educational nature walks. They were politically active and they went to protests and rallies in Portland. They made it seem that by all accounts, they were your favorite couple who adopted six black children. And they're the epitome of the perfect Portland family. They were all homeschooled. They act like they were all homeschooled and, they, you know, they went on hikes and adventures and just like this. Portlandia couple, which was, I'd love to have that as my neighbor, but not if you're abusing your kids in the back, you know? No, I mean, what they're, what they're putting out to the world is clearly, clearly very different. Not than what, what is actually Which happening. I think a lot of family annihilator cases, there's yeah. It's just clearly that. not who they were. Yeah. In July of 2017, the family moved to a secluded home on a two-acre property in Woodland, Washington, about 40 minutes north of Portland, Oregon. Friends say the move was a result of unwanted media attention after the photo of Devontae Hart went viral. And I think there was trouble brewing in the house and they wanted to get further out of town also. Okay. Well, Just and it too seems much like attention was on uh, them at the time. I was going to say, it seems like if you're someone who's abusing children and a lot of attention is on you, you need to move, move so that yeah. people don't eventually catch on to what so you're doing. So they moved to like a two out, two acre property, like just a little bit east of um, Portland and Vancouver. So okay. still like in the general area, but just sure. like more secluded property. Okay. And they also said that because they wanted to raise chickens and livestock, but they just probably wanted fewer people seeing yeah. what horrible things they were doing. Mm-hmm. So in August of 2017, the Hart's next door neighbors, the DeCobbs, heard a pounding at their door at 1.30 in the morning. They opened their door and there was Hannah with a blanket wrapped around her, covered in brambles and twigs in her hair. She was missing her two front teeth. <gasps> Frantically. Hannah explained that she lived next door and she had jumped out of her second floor window. Hide me, she pleaded. They whip us with a belt. Oh my god. 
Hannah bolted up past Bruce, up the stairs, into the house, and into the bedroom where Dana was sleeping. You gotta help. Please protect me. Don't make me go back, she said, waking Dana. They are racists and they abuse us. Oh, my God. Bruce then saw flashlights off in the distance and heading to the front yard of his house. He heard voices calling, Hannah, 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 and saw several kids and two women approaching his door. Without asking permission, Sarah and Jennifer entered the house, looking all over before jetting upstairs to the bedroom where Hannah was balled up in between the bed and the dresser. Dana, Bruce's wife, was still half asleep and disoriented in bed, but she gets up and agrees to leave her mother and daughter, the mother and daughter alone in the room, reluctantly. Hannah comes down slowly, zombie-like, down the stairs just, just minutes later, just staring straight ahead. You need to tell these people you're sorry, Jennifer said. Yes, ma'am. You need to explain that you just had a really bad week. Yes, ma'am. Dana planned to call the CPS in the morning, although at 6.30 in the morning, their doorbell rang. They ignored it, and then an hour later, it rang again. Bruce and Dana reluctantly opened the door to see the entire Hart family standing in front of him in a row. She Mm -hmm. brought the whole family over at 6.30 in the morning. Jesus Christ. She said the kids were adopted and had been, quote, drug babies. She said that Hannah was 12 and her mom had been bipolar. Dana was shocked to think that Hannah was 12 because she recalled Hannah was the shortest of all the kids and looked much younger. Mm, Probably because she's starving to death. Jennifer told Dana that Bruce and Hannah's teeth were missing because she knocked them out in a fall and didn't want them replaced. Then she goes on to add that the kids were homeschooled because one of the boys, Devonta, had been bullied. Bruce and Dana ask why, and their response was, Hello? Jennifer said, We're two lesbian moms with six black kids. Why else do you think we were, they were bullied? Victim, victim, mm-hmm. victim card. She told Dana and Bruce that they moved to Washington to find a place with grazing pasture with, and a hen house because it had been the kids' dream to raise animals, grow their own food, and be self-sufficient. Jennifer went on to talk about their jobs. And mind you, this is still 6.30 in the morning. Oh, my God. And she mentioned that her oldest son, Marcus, was 19. And Bruce responded, oh, you must be getting ready to leave the house then. Jennifer said, we certainly, well, he's certainly not leaving the house. Oh, my God. Dana asked if she could have a small moment alone with Hannah, but Jen declined. We do everything as a family. Then, Hannah handed over a note to Bruce and Dana um, that she had scrawled in green letters. And Emmy, here it is. I want you to come here and read it. Read it. Dear Diana, Dana mm-hmm. and Bruce, I stopped this morning because I feel awful about disturbing your peace and worrying you in the middle of the night. I was very frustrated with my brother and I didn't handle things very maturely. I am sorry for telling lies to get attention. Oh my God. I'm working on being more honest and finding... Better ways to communicate my frustration. I've been sad about two of our cats dying recently, so I was just very sad and frustrated last night. Thank you for being kind. Signed, Hannah. Oh my What God. are your thoughts on that letter? Well, there's a whole lot of different reasons on here for why she's upset, which mm-hmm. clearly... I mean, it it's also just sounds like it's coming from a parent. Like, I didn't handle this maturely. Yeah. And I'm trying to find more, like... Better ways to I'm trying to, to find better ways to my manage my emotions. This, this is coming. This that's is not coming, how a 12-year-old it's talks. It's not what 12-year-old talks. And remember, she wasn't actually 12. 
She wasn't actually 12. Because remember what year, how old she was in 2000. So why are they lying about their ages? Yeah. Oh, guess, okay, mm-hmm. keep going. I'm so, so disturbed. Dana felt like this note did not sound like it was written by a child either and thought it was coaching from her parents. Absolutely. Yeah. But then she began to doubt her instincts and thought, well, if Hannah was a kid with troubled past who lied with att- to get attention. That but- that line really got me. I lying to get attention. Well, that yeah. sounds like something an abuser says to you yeah. to justify. You're just trying to get attention. You're just yeah. trying to. You're just being crazy. You're just trying to get attention. Stop lying to get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Plus, she had felt that what Jennifer was able to explain everything with such like breezy confidence. And she's and Dana said it quote she sold it so well she was so good oh my god mm-hmm. so dana wanted to report what happened but bruce was a reluctant he was concerned about causing drama with his neighbors so they didn't end up reporting it but dana had told her eight-year-old father who reported the story two months later and told the dispatcher i just can't sit with this i believe those kids are being highly abused i'm glad someone reported mm-hmm. it but Man, you know what you guys like if you if you suspect something just i know report it right away just report it because the thing about cps is that if nothing is happening they are inclined to not take kids away from their families no and you won't get in trouble either for mm-hmm. reporting something you can do it anonymously if you're not a mandated reporter like a teacher or a nurse or doctor mm-hmm. but really if you think something's going on it's better safe than sorry because you don't know what could end up happening to those kids if nobody reports, nobody, yeah, says is something. looking after Advo- them, adv- advocates, advocates for, the for kids, them. Yeah, they're little kids; they can't advocate for themselves mm-hmm. always. So, although because this was the only thing they witnessed, and since there was a lag in time of reporting, the Clark County Sheriff's Office spokesman said there was nothing they could have done. Eventually, Dana would learn that Hannah was actually 16 at the time of the event. But by then, it was oh too late. Oh, my God. She was 16? She was 16. And she said she looked younger than 12. Because <gasps> she's so malnourished. They're so malnourished. And if you look, and we'll post oh pictures. Oh, my God. These kids, they'll, they'll, the, Jennifer posted the pictures of the kids and like, Amazing. you know, shirtless. But they still looked so teeny tiny. Oh, God. Starting in around March of 2018, Devontae Hart would come over to Bruce and Dana's house and he would constantly beg them for food and ask them not to tell tell Sarah or Jennifer about it. He started asking for bread and tortillas at first, then he'd ask for peanut butter and eventually non-perishables. He's probably trying to bring he's stuff there, back to he's his He's trying to bring siblings. it up and stock up, yeah. yeah. He told the family that Jennifer and Sarah would not give them food as a punishment and sometimes they were abused. Oh no! See if some if a kid tells you that you gotta report it. Yeah, you gotta. Dana responded to Vante, "No child would do anything wrong not to deserve that punishment." Did I say that correctly? Like, there's nothing a kid there's, could do. There's nothing a kid could do to deserve that. To deserve that punishment. Yeah. He then told her, "Everything Hannah told you last night was true." And she just so I watched a like a documentary. Devante said this. Yeah, I watched a documentary on this, and this woman is living with so much remorse and guilt, and she just and it. She should. I mean, not to like. Yeah, I know hindsight's twenty twenty, but like you should report Mm -hmm. that stuff. So Bruce went on to add, it started out as one day at a time, then escalated to three times a day until a week went by, and we decided we needed to get professional help. Mm 
After hearing this, Dana and Bruce reported this to the CPS on March 23rd. CPS tried to reach the hearts twice, once on March 23rd, 2018, and one final attempt on the fateful day of March 26, 2018. Oh, God. At about 5 a.m. on March 24th, the Hart family piled into their SUV and headed to, the Cal- and headed to California. They reached Newport, Oregon around 8.15 a.m. Then they drove along US 101 until they got to Leggett, California. And then they traveled south along State Route 1 until they got to Fort Bragg around 8 p.m. They remained in Fort Bragg for about a day. Two days later, in the wee hours of March 26, Sarah texted a friend. This is word for word what she said. I am trying so hard to take my own advice today. Trying to look in the eyes of my wife and children and to tell them I'm never going to give up on them. I'm trying to remind myself of all the good in the world. I'm trying to believe everything that I fought for my entire life didn't just get buried in a pile of hate-filled ignorance. Trying to allow myself to feel all the fucked up feelings that are circling through my weary body because it is okay to feel rage, disgust, and deep sadness. And it is okay to be fueled by vast range of emotions and not just love. And now we need to breathe and figure out how to act. And that is the hardest part. This is before that's, she kills them that's all. That's really heavy and like yeah. Also notes of her still playing victim though. Mm-hmm. And and saying like yeah. I've done everything I can for these kids. Mhm. So, later that morning around 8 a.m., a driver noticed an SUV upside down on the rocky shoreline at the bottom of a 100-foot cliff along a remote stretch of Mendocino County, California about 180 miles north of San Francisco. Jennifer and Sarah Hart and all of their six children drove off the 75 to 100 feet on a dirt turnout next to the highway before I went over the edge of the cliff. Jesus. So Abigail was 15 years old. Hannah Jean was 16 years old. Marcus Hart was 19 years old. Sierra Maya was 12 years old. Devontae Jordan was 16 years old, and Jeremiah Hart was 14 years old. Oh, my God. At first, investigators found the bodies of Sarah and Jennifer dead inside the US SUV, and there are three other, and three only three of their children, Marcus, Jeremiah, and Abigail. They were found dead outside the car. Had they been ejected? I mean, had they been? been okay, ejected, okay. Yeah. They didn't get out mm-hmm. by themselves. Yep. Okay. On March 27th, after learning that three other children were unaccounted for, officials launched further search and rescue efforts along the ocean waters to locate Hannah, Devonte, and Sierra. CHP, or California Highway Patrol, sent out an airplane and a helicopter, and the U.S. Coast Guard came out to this area to search. There had also been welfare checks and searches done by the detectives inside of the home in Washington, and there was no sign of three of their kids. Detectives found the refrigerator stocked, toothbrushes in the bathroom, but few signs of six children lived in the house. It was described as sterile, extremely cleaned, and organized. In the police report, Clark County Sheriff's Detective Joe Swenson wrote that the house was, quote, so orderly and nothing seemed out regarding of any belongings, toys, or entertainment items that the children may have owned. So there was no, there was, other than maybe like some clothes, there was no sign that kids lived and had fun and played there. There was very little to show that the children had access to any toys or any items of entertainment. Oh. 
That is hard. Detective Lindsay Schultz wrote in an incident report that the it was difficult to distinguish which rooms belonged to the children. Here's a quote. None of the rooms were personalized for the children or showed supporting elements that the children lived in the residence. As Swenson walked around the Hart home, he noticed picture frames hanging on the walls, but there were no pictures in them. <gasps> do, do you think they took them all out before I this? I don't know. Knowing what they were going to do? And I, was... Yeah, I, that's what I wonder. Oh, God. That's my guess. So Swenson walked into the garage to find several suitcases stacked up on top of one another. But they should, I mean, their suitcases should be gone if they were on a trip, yeah, planning precisely. a trip. Exactly. If it wasn't intended to end. It would, yeah. Ugh. They searched the two acres of the property the family lived on, and there was no sign of the three other kids. So the detectives knew that was, there was every indication that all six kids had been in the SUV at the time of the crash. Where are the other three kids? Washed away. They never found them? So we'll, we'll learn. Ugh, okay. Yeah. They searched the two acres of property the family lived on, and there was no sign of the other three kids. So detectives knew there was every indication that all three kids had been in the SUV at the time of the crash. Now, at this point in the investigation, they're still not saying this is an intentional act done by Jennifer or Sarah. So there was because at this point they think, well, there's a chance that there was yeah. some kind of accident and they they, they fell, fell off, off the, yeah. the side of the highway. Exactly. Okay. But on April 1st, authorities were able to pull info from the airbag module and the car's software to determine that the car had stopped at the turnout and then accelerated at 90 miles an hour <sighs> and dropped 70 feet off the cliff. Yeah, so clearly. There were no skid marks or brake marks to indicate an attempt to stop the car. No, it was, it was intentional. Clearly intentional. They were also able to determine that the vehicle was in the water for at least several hours before it was found and nobody had been wearing seatbelts. You think they told the kids, like, take all your seatbelts off? I don't know. I don't know. Or do you think, did, what, did, did they, were they able in the autopsy to find out they, like, drugged the kids? So, yes, and I'll get into that. Okay, oh, fuck, dude. Searches in the area continued for the next days, but Devante, Hannah, and Sierra remained missing. They had about 80 people combing the area of, of the crash, Although it was extremely rough terrain, and at one point in the investigation, it was stopped due to heavy rain for a few days. In May of 2018, the bodies of Hannah and Devante had not been recovered, but they had found. But by then, they had found Sierra, and she had just been out in the water. She, yeah, she had just been out. They recovered her body, and that's quite a while, though. To how were mm-hmm. they able? They were able to tell, though, definitively that it was her. Yes, just okay. And then after that, they found skeletal remains of a human foot and a pair of girl's shoes and um there were jeans wrapped around the like, like girls jeans the gr- girls jeans wrapped around the shoe but the test came back inconclusive because there was not enough dna as to if it was the other daughter yeah, but they're assuming it was the other daughter so to this day Devonte has never been found oh although the court determined that Devonte was in the vehicle at the time of the crash and so the death certificate was signed on April 3rd, 2019. Wow. 14 coroner's jury all ruled that this was a case of murder-suicide. Toxicology results showed that at the time of the crash, Jennifer Hart was over the legal limit, and CHP reported that Jennifer had a blood alcohol level of 0.102, so way over the legal limit. Sure, yeah. The tests also found that Sarah Hart and two of their children had, okay, I'm going to butcher this word, diphenhydrame. Hydramine? Hydramine? Diphenhydramine? Diphenhydramine? Maybe. 
which causes drowning drowsiness in their system so then does that mean one wife drugged the other wife do you think or do you think it was both of them no it was definitely both okay okay listen this so while traveling through oregon before the crash sarah hart made google searches inquiring these questions is death by drowning relatively painless how long does it take to die from hypothermia and water while drowning in a car what would happen by overdosing on benadryl okay and i just got back from my doctor Mm -hmm. friend said i would pronounce it benadryl smiley face and then said (laughs) but if you need to know how to say it, it's diphenhydramine 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 yeah but it's benadryl it's benadryl so the official reason for death listed on jennifer and sarah's death certificate was suicide so they the court decided that sarah knew exactly what she was getting herself into and she chose to to go along with the plan yeah the official reason for death listed on the six siblings death certificates was accidental homicide accidental homicide yeah oh fuck that yeah boo 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 so the question that everyone today this day is asking why why would they have done it my guess is that sarah and jennifer were overwhelmed um sarah worked long hours at kohl's and jennifer watched the six kids at home and one of co the one co-worker at kohl's told the investigators that sarah constantly took calls from her wife who said the kids were making her crazy Sarah told a co-worker she wished that someone had told her it was okay not to have a big family because she would never have adopted the children at all. <sighs> so they're, like, obviously not fit to be parents. No. God. And, and this is this is what makes me fe- like, feel like this is just them doing it to feed into this victim mentality that yeah. they have. Mm-hmm. Where they're like, look how hard we're lesbians and look at we adopted we these six, six black kids because we're yeah. saints. It's like, yeah. you fucking... Yeah, they totally played the martyr, like... R- I wonder, yeah. so I wonder if for, like, female, I wonder if yeah. that is a thing. thing. Like, I wonder it if that's be, a thing yeah. where it's, like, ugh, anyway, sorry, keep going. You're but. good. So Jennifer also struggled with depression, anxiety, and Sarah had told coworkers that she would just stay in bed and cry all day. Oh, God, dude. I think that Sarah and Jennifer wanted the perfect life so badly, and they tried so hard to depict the image of this great big family, although they were just over a lot of stress, and they... Yeah they were just weren't mentally there to be able to care for these kids and provide them a loving home. And as they <sighs> went through the adoptions, I also think they didn't have an idea what day-to-day life would, would be. They thought it was going to be some harmonious, you know, lifestyle, but sure. And it was going to be this beautiful that, little like, yeah. Oh God, dude. The family was also great under great financial distress as well. And it was reported that in the past 10 years, they received about $270,000 from Texas to help care for their children. And that is, um, that's typical in family annihilations mm-hmm. is, is uh, money issues. Money issues. Yeah. But at this point, the six children were growing up. Marcos was 19 and no longer eligible for the subsidy and the others were close oh, behind. God. So they were just like a money yep. ticket for them. And in 2017, Sarah's W-2 showed that she just only earned $45,000 that year. So imagine six kids. only earning, yeah, and having Jesus. six kids. Yeah. What about Jennifer? And she was a stay-at-home mom. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. According to reports compiled by the Clark County Sheriff's Office, the other couple was over $16,000 in credit card debt. Which, like, that is a lot. But 16000 is not, that's not something you can't come back from. Yeah. Oh, God. 
It was also thought that Jennifer and Sarah had like this martyr mentality, which I mentioned. Yep. They thought they, they were heroes and they couldn't get past the racism and childhood trauma. And they just had six kids who were kept on running with their neighbors. So they did what they had always been doing. They ran after like three states being behind them and you know investigating into them. And they Multiple. ran. And they've ran. So they ran every single time to see someone they had been investigated. And this time they just decided they... Yep. Ugh, they, this they was the done. last time yeah. they were going to run. Yep. So maybe when they got to California, the ledge no longer looked like this big giant photo op that Sarah, c- I mean, Jennifer couldn't like curate into Facebook. And it looked like that was the only way out for them. What a couple of assholes. Mm-hmm. We also do know that this that our system failed these kids. Absolutely. Yeah. If you get called CPS on your, on those kids multiple times, mm-hmm. There were separate CPS reports for these women in three different states and nothing came of it. My fucking Oregon, Washington, or Minnesota, they all dropped the fucking ball. That's fucking... They are professionals and they couldn't see through the facade that Jennifer and Sarah were putting on. Oh, Jesus Christ. And like, here's a quote from one of the articles I read that really like did it for me. Marcus, Hannah, Devante, Abigail, Jeremiah, and Sierra died because everyone saw something different when they looked at them they have perfect family some lucky rescue kids a symbol for post-racial kumbaya Oof. Yeah. Um, this is some this is some like get out level like they were using these mm-hmm. black kids to get to, to get for their agenda yeah for, for first of all for pity and for for people to think what wonderful people yeah. we are and for money Oh, yeah. I think money was a big money was a big resource for them. And when they were running out of money from the when one of the kids was too old, suddenly it's like, well, and when they only make forty five thousand dollars a year on their own. That's Mm -hmm. I also found it interesting that um, so like I said, Jennifer never um, ended up teaching or she never ended up getting her degree. Yeah. And Sarah got a degree, but she never ended up teaching. Well, I'm glad neither of them ended she, up teaching kids. Thank God. Jesus Christ. Yeah. What a what a couple of absolute. This like I usually feel like I can kind of like come up with something funny to say about something. But like this is just so fucking sad. It's fucked up. Oh, I fucking hate this. Six kids. Six beautiful, beautiful babies. And you know what also sucks is that. Um, so I read in the. In the I, heard, I watched a document. A documentary, documentary on yeah. them. And they had the case of worker from um texas say the worst thing about this is what either life these could kids could have had they were going down the wrong path because they had mothers uh, parents who weren't there for them parents who were in jail parents who were like drug users and abusers they had and then they ended up with probably part of the reason they were so willing to give these kids kids to this this white these white lesbian lesbian power couple oh that makes me so fucking sad Mm mm-hmm and like there was just patterns and patterns of abuse, but never and 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 so many opportunities to stop this. Yeah. So, um, and like as the to the Minnesota CHP report stated, is the problem is these women looked so normal. Sure, they look good on paper. Yep. And they have like this perfectly. Jennifer had this perfectly. Be- and you can still go to Jennifer's Facebook. I went to it, and you can still see oh all the God. photos and the comments and. She just like, I love our life. And like, 
God, yeah. Oh, Jesus, social media is so toxic. Like, yeah. yeah, like for somebody like this who just likes to feed off feed attention off and, it, yeah. and sympathy. And I'm gonna look mm-hmm. up her. If you suspect child abuse, call the Child Help National Ho- Child Abuse Hotline at one eight hundred for a child or one eight hundred four two two four four five three. That's one eight hundred four two two four four five three. Or go to www.childhelp.org. All calls are toll-free and confidential. The hotline is available 24-7 in more than 170 languages. <sighs> yeah. God, that must have been a hard one to yeah, was really research. Sad. Oh, I hate it. I hate, I hate it I so much. I hate it. Jesus. Well, if you see something, say something. Say something, yeah. Um, you know what? It's better to be over cautious than not be cautious kind of all, be yeah. kind of rude and considered rude and to make sure that a kid is not you know what if you're if your neighbors are just like into some weird shit or like whatever don't give but if you're worried about a kid and his actual, their and, actual the, and the kid is giving you reason to actually be worried they're telling you they're telling you that they're starved and they're beaten then you are an adult and you have a responsibility to mm-hmm. and and if you work for the fucking cps system you need to do something about it too and you need to not let that shit slide yeah advocate for these fucking children who can't advocate for themselves mm-hmm. I mean, jesus well, well that was um really well researched story jordan thank you yeah oh. oh you can follow us on instagram at death and the nw podcast you can email us at death and the nw podcast at gmail.com you can go to our website and you can re- you can submit a, a case. case. Yeah, you can. Um, and that's um, www. Death in the Northwest, all spelled out. I forgot to, when I bought the domain. I forgot to do NW. That's so. okay. This one's just a long ass. Death long. In the Northwest. You gotta type it all out. Is it Death in the Northwest Podcast dot com? Yes. Yeah. Death, Death in, in the Northwest, Northwest Podcast dot com. All spelled out. Um, and you can also learn about Jordan and I and um, submit a case. Submit a case. Uh, go review us. Go give us some nice please, reviews. Please, there's two bitches who keep giving us star <laughs> reviews on Apple Podcasts. I know, but I have a friend who his name is Chris. So shout out to Chris, Chris Ogden. He came up to me and he goes, "This is a great podcast," and I laugh <laughs> every single time. And I love hearing you and Emmy. And he goes, "You guys are just perfect together." I'm like, Aww. and he goes, "I don't even know Emmy." Oh, so that's why I was when I texted you. I was like, "Oh, I found a guy for you." Oh, you found a boy. That was me to date? Chris's friend. What, it's Chris's friend? Yeah. Okay, you have to show me a picture. I'll show you a picture of him. But cool. anyways, shout out to you, Chris. And hi, Paige. Is that his friend? No, Paige is his wife. Okay. <laughs> I was like, Paige, I've never met a man named Paige. Maybe you're trying yeah. to... Yeah, anyway. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm trying to tell me something, Jordan. Um. Uh. Yeah, and then also, please go follow us on all the other places that you listed to your podcast. So we've got Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We've got Stitcher. Um, a billion others that I don't yeah. know. We're on nine platforms and I don't we're even know. We're on a ton. Like even like they them. still send them out. Yeah. So I don't really know what we're on, but I know we're on the main ones. We are on the main ones. You can find us death at the mm-hmm. NW, death in the Northwest podcast. Yes. Um, I guess that's about it, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. We love you okay. guys. Thank you so much for listening and um, have a great week. Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye.